Hello, my little mistakers, and welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast with me, McNeil. If you're a new listener, please like and subscribe. If you're an old listener, then you're in a state of wonderment, bewilderment. You don't know what's going on. Why are we getting an episode on Sunday? Well, this is a special episode, and it couldn't wait. This week's guest is Chrissy Mayer, hailing all the way from New York. She's been on Fox's Laugh, Fox's Punchline. You've seen her on the Wendy Williams show. And she stopped by because she's doing some shows in North Carolina and wanted to do a little promotion. You can see her do stand up at the Pitt Chapel Hill Monday, March 18th at 8 p.m. or 9.30. It's going to be a great show. Stop by, get your tickets. I'll have a link in the description. And if you email me at humorinmistakes at gmail.com by 5 p.m. tomorrow, March 18th, you can have two tickets on me. Take a date. She's a wonderful comic to go see with a date. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I went to go see her with a second date. And the second date loved her comedy so much that it went as well as you want a second date to go. Cue the Marvin Gaye music. I say all that to say this. Go see Chrissy Mayer on Monday, March 18th at 8 p.m. or 9.30 at the Pitt Chapel Hill. The first person that emails me at humorinmistakes at gmail.com will get two tickets on me. That is H-U-M-O-R-I-N-M-I-S-T-A-K-E-S at gmail.com. And you can get two tickets on me. Little mistakers, I got to be real with y'all. When I first signed her up to do the interview, I was nervous. I thought, she's been on TV. What if she wants organic water? I can't look at her directly in the eyes. And she wants to sit on memory foam pillows. I can't afford those. So when she first walked into the radio station the day of the interview, I tested the waters a little bit. I shook her hand and I only looked at her directly in the eye with my left eye. That's all reliable. Then right eye joined the party and I was looking at her in the eyes with both eyes. And I realized, oh, I overthought this. The point is, guys, don't overthink things, just do it. I'm really appreciative to Chrissy for doing the interview. She's cool as hell, down to earth. I enjoyed every minute of it. This is a great interview. Check it out and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Humor and Mistakes podcast with me, McNeil. Each week we have a guest on our show to discuss mistakes, mishaps, and missteps they made throughout life. We hope to find wisdom and a few laughs along the way. This week, I'm here with Chrissy Mayer. Our guest is fresh off her taping, taping for Gotham Comedy Live Virtual Reality at Gotham Comedy Club. She's been featured on Fox Laughs, Fox Punchline, The Chris Gethard Show, The Reels Network, TLC's What Not to Wear, The Travel Channel. As one of the head writers for The Wendy Williams Show, she's made over a dozen appearances on the program, and she's also a regular on Cyrus XM and Compound Media. She's also been named by CBS's New York as one of the top five comics you should know. And now, little mistakers, you know her. 
Hi. Oh <laughs> I love that you call your fans a little mistakers. I'm trying to figure out a good name, but I'm sticking with that for now. Can you hear my mic okay? I can. I, I can. can't hear it. Maybe. All right. I don't know. I just can't hear myself. Maybe you can't I'll... hear yourself oh, talk? Oh, I can. Okay. Turned my volume up. Okay. Good. I've been. I've done this before. Of course. <laughs> Here you are. Welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you so much for having How me. How are you doing? I want to start out with a compliment. You Good. <laughs> <laughs> you do an amazing cartwheel. Wow. <laughs> when did I do a Oh, right. <laughs> the one video. There's a video online of me. It's called like cart. I think that's what you're referring to. It's called Cartwheels with Comedians. Uh, and I do a cartwheel. This was from a couple of years ago. I just saw it. I was like, that's a good car. Like, you, you don't know if comics can like do athletic things like that. So I was like. I gave you a hand clap wow, as I saw it. Wow, thanks. I, was, uh, I did gymnastics for many years, and then I was a diver for like 10 years. Okay. Um, all through college, so. You were like, this is my shot. This is <laughs> what I was meant <laughs> yeah. to do. I was like, you know what? I'm wearing a skirt, and I'm not going to let that stop me. Here I go, world. So well, you well, can Google that if you want. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great video. Um, welcome to the show. Welcome to North Carolina. This is so great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm obsessed with North Carolina. Really? Like, I can see why people move from New York to here, because that's where I'm from, New York. And uh, people are so nice. There's, like, just so much less traffic. There's trees. The weather is nicer. Like, in New York, it's still, like, freaking freezing, and you need jackets, and it's still, like, harsh winter. Uh, here it's just nice. There's flowers. There's like dogs. People people say hi. They're walking around. They look yeah. happy. Yeah, it's I've been in New York. Sometimes people don't look happy as they're walking down the street. Because mm. we're not. We're miserable. <laughs> we're, we're like broke. We um yeah. We're just like running around chasing our dreams, like looking for drugs. You know that's. <laughs> but but it, it makes people want to be there because I've been in New York and I want to move there now. Because like this is a bunch of people who don't like each other. They do their own thing. It is. I think it instills hustle. And uh, of course, you're not there in New York. Like for the you know yes, the views are nice and there's there is some scenery and stuff. But you're not there for like the quality of living. You're there to like pursue something specific. Well, let's so. talk about what you're pursuing. <laughs> well, f- let's get to know you first uh, because you're people, you're the top five people <laughs> that people should know. Um, did you always start out doing comedy? Like, I was funny. I was always silly. I was like a silly kid. I would, I was like making disruptions in church. Like I, you know, I would draw on the little prayer sheets. Like I'd draw like the uh, pastor jumping off the roof of the church. (laughs) And I I just would like give, give these to my grandma and she like saved them. I mean, she, she passed away like three years ago, but she like had saved everything I'd ever done. And I was just like, wow, I didn't mean it in like a, a, like a menacing kind of way. I just was like, you know, very imaginative and uh, always silly. Like I think at one point I like jumped onto the stage at the church play and um, I had this hand puppet called Danny the donkey. It really, I think just was a paper bag actually. And then I eventually graduated to like real puppets, but I, you know, I was always being weird and I like to get out in front of people. I think that was an early you know, thing that I was doing. So, so, so your grandma wasn't like 100% saintly. Like my grandma would have flipped oh, really? if I disrespected the pastor. Yeah. Well, she, the, our pastor ended up running away with a man from the church. So like she broke up a marriage. <laughs> like it was, it was a lot of gossip. Yeah. It was, it was a fun church. Okay. So you were, shout were out you, to Baldwin Methodist. <laughs> shout out to Baldwin Methodist. Were you a class clown growing up? Um, N- yes and no. I 
I was a class clown, like just in one class where I had a couple friends. Uh, environmental systems. It was an IB course. No, whatever. How, how do you be a class clown <laughs> in IB sports? Uh, oh, it was a. It's it was called like International Baccalaureate Program. It's like the AP program, okay. but it, I don't know. You have to write like a three three thousand word essay or something to get your degree, to get your high school uh, whatever diploma. And I just would joke around with my friends, and I, I think I was more a class clown in college because in high school I was more like I was voted most spirited, and I lost out. You know class clown i also lost out on best hair which i still am upset about because the day that everybody voted like my hair looked terrible it wasn't so, fair it wasn't fair <laughs> <laughs> um it's, it's okay i'll get over it one day yeah and i i think my my funny started to grow more in college um i started uh, a comedy club like i didn't even know what i was doing really i but the first time i ever did stand up actually was in college and it was a college like I don't know. It was a competition. It was just me and really this one other guy. His name is Robert Dean. He actually is a stand-up comic in New York. And uh, we were both going to school together at the same time, obviously. And it was my first time ever doing stand-up. And he'd already been doing it, I think, for a year. And I won. I, like, whipped his ass. <laughs> like, I – it was – that was pretty much, like, the best moment ever because he – like, if I bump into him in the city, he he's, like, not over it. So. Do you still have material from your first set or – it's recorded. Okay. It's, I think I have a CD of it somewhere. Okay. Uh, one day I will have to put it on and like listen. It's probably terrible. What's but your, do you remember your first bit ever? I know that I talked about having braces because I had braces in college, which oh. is terrible. My parents were like, oh, she's getting real <laughs> friendly. Uh, let's send her off to college with some, uh, you know, That'll permanent it. It's permanent birth control is what it is. But I feel like in college, guys are really horny, so they'll... Not when you looked like how I looked. I had braces. I had really short blonde hair cut into like a Midwestern mom do, if you can imagine. That was my look. And I was like uh, a little huskier because I, you know, was an athlete. And uh, like I had a huge You were doing flips. Back. Yeah, I was just like, I was a little more jacked. So yeah. is your uh, recommendation if a parent doesn't want their kids to hook up with anybody, just... Absolutely. You know, it's expensive, (laughs) but it works. (laughs) It really works because nobody went near me for a couple of years. So, yeah. But, oh, don't worry. I made up for it. (laughs) (laughs) You got to. You got to. Oh, yeah. And then you got your internship with the late night. Or was that beforehand? But I, uh, my mom knew a woman who kind of worked in news at NBC and she helped me. Get, this is the only Uh-oh. help I've ever had, Uh-oh. and I'm really not one of these people <laughs> who's like, uh, I because I loathe the people who come from like a lot of Be- rich parents Aunt and Becky crazy crazy privilege, and like they don't have to work for themselves. Like I really can't stand those people because they have no grip on reality. But I got like a tiny tiny bit of help in getting <laughs> an internship at Dateline, and because I really thought I wanted to be a news reporter when I was in college, because I majored in communications and all that. And but once I was there, uh, I was you I know Stone Phillips was like in charge. I don't know if you remember him, but he talked really uh, like this, and it wasn't even just his news voice; that was his real voice. And I was like, he's boring. I was like, <laughs> I want to be on the news. I don't want to be reporting the news. So while I was there, I reached out to the only female writer at the time at Conan, Allison Silverman, and I somehow. Managed to get myself an internship at Conan for the next year. I so. feel like I feel like you could have been a good reporter. Like you look like you can yeah. deliver bad news very well. This Justin, <laughs> um, your dog has AIDS. No, that's <laughs> terrible news. And 
Yeah. But see, I, I I wasn't as sad because you were delivering it. Like you can deliver <laughs> new bad news very well. Oh wow, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if that is a good thing or something you've worked on. You know what I didn't want to do is like when you're a fledgling news reporter, you have to move out to uh, like a terrible town because that's where they'll hire a brand new reporter. And then you have to work your way back to like a new market. So it'll, it could take you like years and years to work your way back to working in New York or like a, another good city. Not, did not know that. Uh, so I, d- I don't think I wanted to do that. And um, yeah, I just, I think I was a little bored with reporting so i love these people we're in this totally uh glass on on two sides studio and like we can see this parking lot and these people are walking by and um you can always tell in the interview uh because i'll have people on and they'll get distracted like they'll just like girls will walk by and i'll be interviewing a dude and they'll just like completely stop talking for a second for me it's dogs like this dog walked by i'm like keep it together keep it together (laughs) pay attention (laughs) don't leave to go meet the dog (laughs) (laughs) you could Uh, i'd pause really i wouldn't be that offended you know animals are cute yeah um, so then you went to UCB and, and uh, Magnet. Because yeah. and and, while I was at Conan and, uh, you know, I was learning a lot as an intern, which means just getting a lot of coffee for everybody, but mostly hanging out with the writers, and they stressed improv so much. So after I graduated, I started with the UCB, which uh, is a popular improv theater in New York. I did all the classes, a team, you know, went to the Magnet Theater, did all the classes, a team, did a one-woman show, and then... Hope. <laughs> wow <laughs> somebody studied um yeah that was a and that was the first time i ever kind of felt like an actor because i had to really rehearse this one woman show and i did like six characters and uh it was a lot of hard work and uh, after i did that i realized you know what i, I think i could do stand-up i could at least do it poorly because <laughs> i would see bad stand-ups i'd be like i could i could do that yeah so I, I was told that uh, uh dog walking the by. dog came back. I'm glad you stayed. I really am. Yeah. I, I saw you wanting to get up. Took everything I had. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um, I was told that like doing a one-woman show or a one-person show is like some of the most vulnerable you can be because it's only you on stage. How do you get to that point of being able to do a one-person show? Like, Did you have to talk yourself up? You know, I think I just, I was sick of regular improv and I wasn't ready to try stand up yet. And I, I think I just, improv is so fleeting and, and oftentimes you'll do a show and you have these great ideas that disappear forever. They're and you gone. Have, yeah, it's gone. And, uh, and so I just, I started to write down some characters. Like one was based on a roommate I had in college. One was based on like a couple of them are like versions of myself. You know, if you, you know, take a hard left into something about yourself and like, okay, well, that's a character. And, uh, and just developed them more with the, this, these directors. I had I actually worked with two directors. They're both part of Story Pirates, which is a group in New York City. And we rehearsed at the Drama Bookshop, which is near Times Square. It's like this famous, I think, uh, what's his name? The Hamilton guy just bought it. What's his name? The uh, uh, director. For you put Hamilton. Me, you put God me on the it. spot. What's his name? We all know who he is. He he just bought the drama bookshop, but uh, we'd rehearse there. And so anyway, they're part of this group called Story Pirates, and they so they're they're really into theater. And they uh, I didn't put my phone on airplane because I'm an idiot. Uh, it's just my sister sending me pictures of, of her dog, which <laughs> I don't need right now. It's, it's the theme. It's the th- yeah. <laughs> she almost left to go see her sister. Yeah. And the dog. <laughs> well, she lives in Vegas, okay. so it would take a minute. Um, so I would rehearse there at the drama bookshop, and um, 
I was talking about the story pirates. They they'll go to like a school and they'll take a, a kid's play or something that he's written, he or she's written, and turn it into a whole like assembly play for the whole school, which is pretty cool. Um, and they, and they were like really well trained, so they, I was in really good hands. And it it is it is nerve wracking. It is vulnerable, especially when like some of these characters represent you and uh, and you're you know it's like. It's not an improv when you can just sort of rely on your teammates and it's not like in stand-up quite when you can sort of like laugh it off. You can say something like really real and if yeah. nobody laughs, you can really be like, oh, just kidding or whatever. But when you're doing a one-woman show, it's like, no, this is the thing you've written, rehearsed. There's very little room for for improvising or at least that's how I felt because I was like, nope, I memorized these lines and I have, um, you know, my spots on the stage and, you know, it was all very measured out. So... It it feels extra vulnerable, yeah. It's always funny when you're doing stand up and you tell like a, a story that's very real and very vulnerable, and people are like, "Are you all right?" Like, yeah, <laughs> like, no, I'm not. I'm not all right. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I had to take a break from stand up for a while because I got like dumped, and I was like, my stand up oh. is very dark right now. Like, I need to take a step back for a little bit. This was years ago, and you're back, right? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. But it's always funny to like. You want to ask a comic, are you going through some things right now? <laughs> yeah. And and the, th- the thing is, we are. So we're always going through lots of stuff. Some people worse than others. And, sure. like, lots of us are in therapy. And, like, I don't know. A lot of us use the stage as our therapy. Shout and, out to and, Amy Johnson. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, I think in any artist, there's darkness. In any human being, there's there's darkness. But I think it's, you know, it takes the artist. Like, they're the ones that can access it. So, that's you just see it more. I don't. I don't think that artists are more um, like pained than regular people. It's just that we can talk about it more. Can I ask your advice really yes. quick? Yes. So since we brought up therapists, um, recently switched therapist because mine left, and my new therapist is smoking hot, uh, smoking hot. Wow. <laughs> and oh my God. I. Found myself not able to open up to her as much. Yeah. But I I'm... love our sessions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, Justin, you should, you should use your sessions and just talk about how big your dick is. <laughs> and you'd be like, you know what? I was hitting it the other day, and, and this girl couldn't stop t- telling me how great I was in bed. And I just, it's kind of going to my head a little bit. And, you know, and you just talk about, like, you know, like, like that, just like have totally fake sessions. We're like, man, I just came into a lot of money. <laughs> I'm pretty rich now. Yeah. yeah. Did I mention my how big my penis is? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm and then so... come in the next week. You know, it's bigger somehow. I don't know what happens. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so emotionally available and emotionally. <laughs> I'm so, I'm really in a good, healthy place. I'm really ready to meet somebody. Maybe somebody in this room. <laughs> exactly. I'll take that into advisement and see how it wow. works. Wow, that's, hmm, I mean, gosh, it's like, do you admit it to her? You're supposed to be honest. Exactly. You could always say, I'd love to find somebody like you. No, no, I don't know. I'm probably, I'm the person that I'll, I'm going to ride this ship until it sinks. Like, I, I'm the guy on the Titanic <laughs> playing the violin. <laughs> <laughs> is, is she someone that you would date? Oh, yeah, she's like, pretty, she's cool of, as hell. Cool as wow. hell. Wow. Yeah. Dilemma. Gosh. I didn't mean to spring that on you. No, but. that's, I mean, that's a, wow, that would make me so nervous because I was imagining like if I was attracted to my therapist, I would get weird and flirty and like, you know. Well, I make her laugh now. Like we're uh, to the point I'm making her laugh all the time. That's great. I yeah. make my therapist laugh, laugh all the time too, but she's a middle-aged woman, <laughs> so yeah. You never know. Yeah. You could. 
It could. Um, and so now you're, you're doing comedy. You're mm-hmm. doing your thing. Um, let's talk about some of the mistakes you've made along the way. So many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you made a mistake that at the time you thought like was a big deal that you would never be able to bounce back from and you can laugh at now? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, it's really hard to know even which one to pick. Um, but like recently and uh, I think maybe in October, I started to do more appearances on Compound Media, which if uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Opie and Anthony, they had a, they had a, you know, Opie and Anthony Cumia. They had this show really popular, in, like the 90s, early aughts. Uh, and then they kind of broke apart. Anthony Cumia started his own network called the C- Compound Media, which uh, is in New York City. And I, you know, I have friends who are comics who have shows on the network, like uh, Gino Bisconti and Aaron Berg have this show called In Hot Water. And I would come on and just started doing characters and I'd come on like pretty regularly. And like at this point, sometime, sometimes I'm on like every week or whatever. And uh, so I went uh, like it was maybe my second or third time doing the show. And there was a there was another girl comic who was on a different show on the network and Gino, one of the co-hosts, friend of mine, right, from In Hot Water, he was on with her. And he said something like kind of, I don't know if it was like not PC or off color. He, he's kind of like a brash, ballsy kind of guy. And he just says things to get a rise out of people. And she got so offended, she walked up and like left the show. And the fans of, you know, of Gino's and of the network were like, hey, you know, how could this how could this comic who's supposed to have like a great sense of humor take this so personally and walk out? And um, so the next day I went on to the the other show um, as her like I had a long, dark wig. I cut some bangs into it really quick. And it was supposed to be just like a walk on, walk off role. Like, oh, Gino's here. I forgot my jacket. Bye. Uh, But then it turned into like I'm being introduced as this woman, like as a real guest, you know. So I ended up doing like a character of her, you know, just of this person who's offended by everything and, um, you know, kind of stiff. And uh, like it just turned into this whole thing. So so the people that – it's a subscription-based thing, right? And so the fans love it. They'll take screenshots. So they took screenshots of me in this wig. And uh, they were like, wow, she was, you know, she was really funny, you know, going on as this woman and then but the but the problem was is that like she found these pictures (laughs) online and so did all of her friends and whatever so without even seeing the impression just flipped out and you know she started messaging me she's like you don't you shouldn't be you know fraternizing with these with these people you know they they're not they don't have your best interests in mind keep in mind this is a stranger this is somebody (laughs) i've never met telling me like what's good for me right and i was like oh okay and then there, there were a couple of unstable fans um, that are fans of Compound Media, and they, but they're harmless. Like they tweet and they, and they, you know, they talk, they talk duty, <laughs> but they don't. They're harmless, right? They're just people with a lot of time on their hands. And uh, somebody was like, "Oh, she seems really uptight. Like, you know, she could use a railroad spike in the keister." Which like that explains so much because I did my research on you. Oh, really? And I googled your name. Oh my god! And so it like came up with the top. Uh, Yeah, and that's pretty recent. So again, like if someone had said that to you on Twitter, you'd probably be you'd probably laugh it off. Yeah. Go on with the rest of your life. No, but um. So she read this on Twitter, and uh, you know, I think she she messaged me like, "You don't understand. Somebody's threatened to." 
raped me with a railroad spike. And I was like, what? And I was like, where would somebody even find one of these <laughs> in 2018? You know, like, I just was like, what? Um, one of so- your most Googled things is uh, Chrissy Mayer railroad spike. Oh, and I was boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need an explanation. Uh, it's the most, like, overblown, like, dumbest thing. And, uh, I don't know if I'm explaining this well. So I so I just figured, like, wow, here's somebody who's not out to understand me. She's not looking to have a conversation. She was threatening me. She was, like, she sent me a lot of really threatening messages. She's judging me. She's telling me, you know, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be, like, expressing myself, doing characters and stuff. And also, she hasn't seen any of it. She just looks at a photo of somebody in a wig, freaks out. And I was like, you know what? And she's really kind of going overboard. I'm like, nobody's threatening her. Nobody is these are just people with time on their hands. You know, they do this in between jerking off, (laughs) you know, not a threat. So I, uh, I was like, you know, what would be funny. Uh, I, so the next week or whatever, I, I went back into, in hot water and I was like, I have a funny idea. So I just wrapped myself in tin foil and I was, so the, the new character I went on as, uh, was spike. And, uh, his, the whole point of spike is that he was the anti rape, railroad spike and the (laughs) whole point of him going on i like you know imagine like you know a spike it's personified but he's you know it's like a south park cartoon right right he he was basically like i'm here to say like i am against rape like i have no interest in going into any human's butthole or anything (laughs) you know it was again so silly but you know spike was like i have a i have a rail at home i really care about i have six <laughs> little spikes you know like this yeah. is like a goofy cartoonish just character fun. just having fun but also sending a message of like anti-violence and you know anti-rape of course which i am as a person also against you know but just to be silly and kind of like you know and cuz at this point the fans you know they all kind of like were in on the joke it was really a specific you know, inside joke meant for them, not meant for like the world, you know. But again, what happens? The fans like love this bit. They love the character. They're like, this is so hysterical. They take screenshots and they tweet it out. Same thing happens. This Dust comedian. And I was like, oh no. It just got worse. So, like, this comedian and she gets this thing and she passes it, you know, all of her friends. Like, there's this. And and thank God I'm out of it now. But in in New York City, like it's kind of like a, you know, as in with every comedy scene, it, it sometimes can get very cliquish. And um, there's like a New York City girls ladies comedy Facebook group, you know, that I had been in for a few years. Like you know, when you're new and starting out and you're looking for community, right? But the 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 trend is with these groups, the better you get in your career the more likely it is, like, you'll get kicked out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I remember when Michelle Wolf got kicked out. I remember when, like, uh, Lisa Tra- Traeger got kicked out. Like, I just remember being in this group and be like, huh, <laughs> a funny thing happens when your career starts <laughs> taking off. People find problems with you, you know? And uh, so, sure enough, like, these... Uh, and I had been kicked out for something I did, like, maybe a couple years ago. Oh, because I, I just made, like, an off-color tweet uh or like Facebook status of people. It was a, uh, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a story for another time. But it, again, a harmless joke. Uh, so, like, I was having friends being like, oh, like these photos are being like, you know, tossed around in this lady Facebook group, and everybody's like talking so much poop, you know. And uh, again, nobody has seen any of this footage. 
but it's just like the talk of all these people. All these people are kind of like ganging up. And by people, I mean like unbusy female <laughs> comics, unfortunately. Like there's lots of comics that are busy, but they're usually not really in this group. And if they are, they're not active. Very true. If, you ha- if you're worried about what other people are doing, you're usually not that busy yeah. is what I've learned. Yeah, and I'd have friends who were who would quietly observe and be like, "Wow, there is a <laughs> tornado going on in your name." <laughs> I'm like, "Ooh, doggy," and um, it was kind of a mess for like really the whole month of October because none of the and of course like she's doing pretty good in her career. She has a 15 minute Netflix special. People like know who she is, and you know. People want to endear themselves to her by being on her side, or maybe they want to align themselves with certain values, or they want to appear like they are aligning themselves with a certain thing. So, right, they'll sort of join up. I get, I get how these things work, you know. Sometimes you gotta play the game a little bit. Everybody is playing the game to a degree, I guess, but um, it just really spiraled <laughs> out of control. I um. At the time, I thought I lost a friend over it, and now I realize that she is someone who is just kind of, like, using me for connections and spots on shows. So, ultimately, it was just, you know, cleaning house. But, like, it was it was nuts. Like, you know, I had a friend, like, drop out of my show. She was like, yeah, I really can't. I, what you did wasn't cool. I can't be on your show. And I was like, do you even know what happened? Does anybody have any idea what are these happened? Comic? These yeah. are comics, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are, aren't comics supposed to laugh? At, like, see, life is genuinely people, funny. The thing is, is like, these people thought I was making fun of of rape threats. Like, I was, first of all, there's no real rape threat. There's no real threat. Uh, these are silly characters. The point of Spike was that he was anti-violence and that he had, you know, he has a family. Why would he be involved in such a thing? He went on the show to denounce <laughs> the whole thing, you know. And, of course, nobody saw any of this. Um, people just see screenshots. And the culture right now is very, you know, they, people are triggered by certain things. And, and if you label somebody as such and, oh, my God, we hate this person. This We want to distance ourselves. And people like to... They like to be part of a group. They like to. And I read uh, my my good friend Corinne Fisher gave me this book called So You've Been Publicly Shamed <laughs> by John Ronson. And it's really great. And anybody who is really like if you're in the public eye at all, even if you have a Twitter account, it's great to read because it, it breaks down why people like to um, gang up on somebody. It's because let's say you do something or your career is growing and you're kind of in the public eye and then the second you are perceived to have done something wrong, people like to publicly shame you because it elevates themselves. Um, you know, it goes back to the days of like public stoning or whatever. And, They're you know, rocks people you. would do it because then they can be seen because we all know like when, with like Louis C.K. when like, I mean, when all that stuff was coming out, uh, you know, oh, here's my think piece on this. Oh, here's my article about this. And then, oh, now that now these people and their opinions are visible. And I think I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but um, if you can quickly get out a think piece about something <laughs> bad, you can you can increase your career. Right. Like, this gets likes. This gets you know. This is like popular right now. Oh, let me let me be the first one to crap on this person. So I, I give comedians the benefit of the doubt 99 percent yeah. of the time because I'm like we're all trying new things, and if your new bit is bad. And someone should just tell you it's bad and keep it trucking so you can experiment. Yeah. I felt bad. I was not at no point, And now all this is happening. It's like, it's just getting pretty messy, you know? And, and I sort of, you know, I did my one sort of character of her. I did the one character of Spike. And after that, that was it. You know, I wasn't, uh, 
tweeting. I wasn't like encouraging anybody, right? But like the fans of the show, they people. A lot of people love drama and gossip, and so a lot of them were, keep, you know, sort of keeping it going with Get tweets. The all out. The, yeah, exactly. All the gifs, <laughs> you know, the inside jokes that all formed from this whole thing. People are having a good time with it, and uh, like, I just think it, you know. It might have been an example of someone possibly um, taking advantage of a certain climate to elevate themselves at, when possibly they weren't really feeling threatened. I don't know. I don't know. This is speculation. I ended up hearing from like a lot of people who had similar situations with her where like, you know, she took it way out of context and whatever. Not here to judge. Every, nobody's perfect, right? Do you think you handle it incorrectly? I think uh, sometimes I go, uh, should I have apologized? But then I think, no, I'm, I'm not actually sorry for what I did. I didn't do anything uh, out of line. I did silly characters, and everybody who saw the characters and the footage like knows that it, nothing was out of line, and I'm like a good person. I don't mean any ill will, so... Uh, then I'm like, no, I guess maybe I shouldn't have apologized. I you think know? people want fake apologies sometimes. Like, I think they and do. They yeah. want fake apologies. And I'm one like, look, I'm really not sorry. Like, why would you want a fake apology? Yeah. yeah. Now that I look back, I go, okay, sometimes I do regret going back to do the second character <laughs> because it perhaps had gone down a little bit and that may have um, – fueled the fire a little bit and then a friend of mine wrote an article like coming to my defense um which she's like i like love her for and she did help to like illuminate parts of the story that most people don't know and again like most people don't know the full story they just hear like oh you you had some beef and um you know I do feel bad if there was like any. I didn't know the full story. I was just like Ooh. railroad spike, Christy. Oh Bear. my like, good what lord! Does that mean? What a silly, <laughs> stupid thing! Like uh, just based on like one random dude and ra- uh, random dude's tweet. There's some noisy people outside. Uh, people also Google Chrissy Mayer podcast. Chrissy Mayer age. God and- damn it! It's 27. <laughs> How many times do I have to say it? You keep telling them. Just you got it. We're putting it out there officially. Stop you googling it. It's 27, and that's what it's going to be from now on. It's not going to change. So just. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the point of that was, uh, you know, you're in some drama. You're in some heat. You start to go, oh crap! Like this is coming out pretty hot and a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about it you know i'd go online and people i don't even like know acquaintances of mine like not involved with the situation at all like talking like poop about me like saying really terrible things and i'm like and i just like i kind of quietly made a note of everybody who like went above and beyond and saying bad things about me and i'm just like oh wow like this is how this is how much you're gonna say when you have no idea about the story and like these are people who already just don't like you and they you know want to just jump on and uh i don't know if i'm explaining it well, well but, they, yeah. they expect people to formulate an opinion without hearing the whole story and i'm a guy that's like yo i need to hear both sides before yeah i rush the judgment on anything yeah and it's true like every, you know everybody's different certain people are very triggered by stuff and you know maybe real feelings were felt but like i just was like i had no bad intentions you, and you know why people are triggered because and this is a caveat they didn't grow up getting roasted 
Yeah. I grew up in back in the day when I was in high school, middle school, we roasted each other. We cracked on each other. So you develop yeah. pretty thick skin. You get a like thick you, skin. Like I had an older brother like who'd beat me up. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, I don't know. Like I was fat in college. I had braces in college. Like I had a lot of time to build a lot of character up. And, <laughs> and like <laughs> I grew up know. with a lisp and didn't have a father. Do you know how oh many jokes gosh. I have yeah. heard about that growing up? <laughs> Like, uh, I had a kid play a prank on me once, right? So uh, we had to write essays, and, and our teacher was like, we're going to read them for each other. So this one kid wrote a story with as many S's as he could. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and as I realized it, I started freaking out, at, like standing in front of the classroom, which means my speech impediment got worse and worse. Oh, oh and the whole class always funny like think look about at you it. now you're like look at the beautiful flower you've blossomed into well i'm one of those people i was like that was a funny joke like i can yeah. look at that and I'm like that was good right so you can like you can like pick fun at yourself exactly yeah. so let's talk about you you're a roasting champion you're a person that roasts people i would hardly call myself a roasting champion i've won some i've lost some i've i think i've done like 11 or 12 roasts at this point i have a lot of experience and uh they're fun, and it was we had a nice surge in roast battling. Like there, it was a big trend. It was really popular. Like I think what two years ago, last year, even um, I think with the Comedy Central roast battles, and now it's kind of trailed off a bit. But I still am involved. Like I judged a roast battle in Kingston, New York, which is like I think almost upstate New York, last week, and it was the most fun I've had in a really long time. Like I just love. Um, like my mind works really fast and I think it's from like all the years of improv and just like the combination of that and ate some ADD, you know, <laughs> like, but I'll see somebody on stage and instead of thinking, Oh, how's their delivery? You know, I, I am keeping track of that too. And like how punchy their jokes are and how well written they are. But I'm also thinking like, who does this guy look like? You know, like <laughs> what can I say really quick? Like how can I also roast this person, you know, while I'm giving judges comments, which is the best of both worlds. Oh, I'm always prepared. Like people don't realize because of where I grew up, like I walk in a room and I'm formulating at least three mm -hmm. jokes about your outfit or you <laughs> yeah. just in case. I don't even know why I'm mentally prepared. I'm not at war anymore. Like I'm not in high school anymore. You're just getting your supplies ready. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just in case. And then, yeah, I go for the juggler with insults, too, a it's lot of times. It's good to know. And and then, like, when, it, when you just come out with it, you have it ready. It surprises everybody. It's <laughs> Were like. Were you thinking of that the whole time? Like, <laughs> yes. You yes, didn't. I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, if I had, a, if there's a little mistaker out there that wants to be a roaster, what advice would you give them? I would say just do as, as many of them as you can. Um but for the short term, just write a lot. Like, let's say you need 10 jokes, like write 60 jokes, um, go over them, send them to friends of yours, send them to people who are funnier than you that you respect. That's good for kind of just like anything comedy wise in general. Um, make sure they're not it's not too wordy, you know, like type out your roast jokes and. Try not to have too many jokes on the same theme, you know, because the audience, like if, let's say you go against like a, someone who's 600 pounds and you have 10 jokes about them being fat. Well, like then the audience is going to turn on you because, well, then you, you can cross the line into like needlessly cruel. You just have to keep it mixed up, you know, and it also is like lacking, lacking in creativity if you can't. You know, you have to be able to do a little research, maybe find out if they didn't graduate <laughs> high school. You, know, you got to <laughs> dig in there. Maybe their sister got pregnant at 16. You know what I mean? Like, it's your job to, you know, find out these things. 
should they start at an early age? Like, should they? <laughs> would Would you be impressed if you saw like a kid in middle school that was kind of a bully, but they were able to roast anybody in their class? Would you take them under your wing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be nervous to be hanging out with a middle schooler Fair just enough. because you know. <laughs> People, you know, I want people to think I'm a weirdo. Fair enough. That kind of weirdo, I guess. Um, Yeah, I would say, like, if you're, like, a little bully in training, you know, it's better to be clever instead of mean. Okay. You know, and you can be mean so long as you're clever and smart about it. Um, You know, I like puns. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I answered the question. But I would say, you yeah, don't make sure. You want to hang out with middle schoolers. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I would say make sure your jokes aren't too long. Not too many on the same topic. Send them to people that are funnier than you and be confident on stage. You know, a lot of it is how you present and how you sound. And if you're buried in your notes and your your energy is not is pointing inwards, you know, like that doesn't come off well. And You just try to be likable because a lot of times, you know, you have a better retort than your actual bits, like the things you just say off the cut, the, off the cuff to, um, you know, retaliate sometimes funnier than your written bits. So. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, keep that mean bone <laughs> intact. <laughs> um, we all know how improv goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, improv, you have good shows, you have bad shows, and comedy, too. Let's talk about a time, like, you got off stage and you were like, ugh, should, mm. I, should I step away? Well, I've never had a bad show. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, I don't, I mean... There's probably parts of shows that haven't gone well. Yeah, of course I've had bad shows, but I can't remember. I mean, I did a fundraiser for a group of Masons on out on, out on Long Island uh, Christmas. It's a holiday party. They're like, hey, we want to hire you to do, because I knew I had a friend who was in the group, and, oh, you're a comedian. Let's put together a holiday show. And it was, like, one of the worst experiences I've ever had, not because nobody was funny, not because I didn't like, – I didn't – like bring on good comics to fill out the show, but because the crowd and the circumstances were so not ready, you know, like they, they just, I don't know. There's like a bunch of dry, drunk wives and they're like, the musician, the magician last year was funnier than you, you know? And I'd like go out into the hall and I'd hear like these two women complaining like so loudly about the show. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, you're not having fun. Like we're almost done, you know? Yeah. And there was a guy who was telling me, like, cut, cut this comic, cut it, cut it after this comic. And I'm like, no, we have two more. And, like, this was a whole group of, like, cops uh, and retired cops. And the last, the headlining comic that I had booked, really funny guy, Mark DeMeo, is a retired cop. So they're saying, you know, cut it after this comic. Not because nobody's, like, and this thing is that that sucks is, like, the the comics weren't doing poorly because they weren't funny or didn't have well-written jokes. It's because... People were talking, people were drunk, these like some of these women were interrupting and like the, the circumstances were like just not in a way that anybody was going to thrive. And I, that made me feel terrible because I'm like, oh, these people are good. It's just like you just guys have to like get get behaved, you know. And so they're like, cut it after this comic. And I was like, I was like, OK. But then I just went back <laughs> on stage and brought up Mark. I'm like, you guys are going to like him, you know, just trust me. And then he he killed because I'm like, he's a retired cop. And then finally people got on board and I feel like, all right, I saved the show, but it was brutal. Like it felt terrible to be like, wow, I'm responsible for 200 people's bad time right now. And, uh, even when a bit doesn't do well, you get like a pang of that. Like, 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 oof, uh, you feel bad because all we want is to make you people, (laughs) not you people. All we want is to like make you guys happy. And, 
uh, laugh and it hurts our souls. Like this is something we worked on for a while. You're a good date comic, like a, a comic. Oh. I, I, I told I went to your show last night and I was on a second date. And it's you're you're very good for a second or third date because after wow, it, thank it, you. It helped out a lot because I'm not going to reveal your material. Not with your not with your therapist, right? No, no, not with my therapist. Oh. I wish. I wish. <laughs> One day. <laughs> I hope she does it. If me and the girl went on a second date with, I hope she. Uh, if we work out, I hope she doesn't hear this part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you can always edit it out. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to. She's gonna make me quit my therapist. But um. You, I was able to talk about sex after because there, there were a lot of topics of conversation that we were able to talk about. And debate. Wow, yeah. that's great. It can kind of like break the ice for you. It did. Yeah, it did. Because sometimes like, you know, you can be like, so what What do you think of anal? <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically I was like, oh, shit. Chrissy was funny. What, what do you think about some of the stuff she said? And then oh, like we transitioned yay. from there. And that makes me so happy. Like it was such a great time last night. Like it's it's gonna be one of those shows you remember. Like you know the other times when you don't do so well. Like just everyone was so nice. Like girls in the bathroom complimenting my dress and people talking to me after. Like so you were at the show last night. So you remember this part? Like the guy that I was uh, talking to in the front, and he was seventy two, and his wife was forty eight. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, "But I'm not like R. Kelly though." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> like you brought that up. We I did not. I was like, "Wow, you are <laughs> like okay." I didn't want to talk about R. Kelly, but now here we are. And he he stands up, and he he's sitting in the front row. He stands up, turns around, and faces the rest of the crowd. And I was like, "Oh my God, sir! I thought you were gonna just like whip out your <laughs> whip out your." Uh, personality there but he didn't and uh i just didn't and as soon as the show was over he came right up to me he's like you know i don't even need viagra <laughs> he just, just let you it. know and i was like thank you for letting me know uh he's like i don't need it and my dad doesn't need it and i was like okay all uh, right nice to meet you sir somehow he's heard your advice without hearing it like you gotta <laughs> you told me to tell my therapist like what uh, i can do he's letting you know like hey well but it was great they were such a great crowd and such nice people and it's such a pleasure to to like come into a room like that's like the perfect kind of show i think um like it's it feels intimate but it's still like kind of big and the room was packed but it's not like you know it's not like a stuffy club or anything not that clubs are stuffy but some of them are some of them aren't and uh it just felt like a cool casual vibe you know yeah it felt like a lot of people on dates and i was like these are my people it was good it was good and you you provide assist you yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like, wingman yeah she winged me that night so I, I appreciate that um cool happy to do it thank you speaking of which i love your i don't know if it's your theme song per se <laughs> i think it is <laughs> <laughs> but uh pony by genuine genuine yeah the I last like, this seems to be very consistent because i was watching like your real it's, it's sometimes creepy when you're researching somebody because it's like i'm telling you all this stuff about you but no like, it's good it makes me uh like realize uh that i have to keep all that updated because people look at it yeah is that how did that become your song uh, I really just love Magic Mike. <laughs> I really love the whole Magic Mike um, movie series, both the first one and Mega Mike, <laughs> Magic Mike XXL. So yeah, a lot of children walking by. So, but they can't hear me. <laughs> they cannot. They, they haven't seen Magic Mike. Hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not. not. It's this not is a children's distracting. movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I just came from. Uh, the reason why I'm in North Carolina is like. I mean, to do shows also, I was visiting my like my brand new niece who came out 
she was born. <laughs> she came out. She was born <laughs> February 16th. And I was like, you know, I've just been like holding her. And like, she's so cute. And my nephew's too. And we just came from this like little gymnastics party uh, that they had. So I'm like, in a, I'm in this dress. And I was like, ugh, so annoyed because I used to do gymnastics. And there was like a tumble track. And I wanted to like do some like flips and stuff but i was like i'm gonna show all these it's not worth it to show these three-year-olds my underwear and like be like hey check it out you know did it take the pressure off you like uh when my sister had a kid my niece it was like my parents finally was were quiet about having children i was like thank you well like yeah kind of in a way i mean my i think my mom put pressure on us to like when we all lived in Rockville Center in Long Island, there were a few years where like I did feel pressure to meet somebody and like, but stay in Long Island, stay in Rockville Center, and like you know everybody, you know I think my mom kind of had this fantasy of this one family in town that they the Schaefers, they all lived in town, they all had kids, they're all really close, and I'm like that's a fantasy, like there's <laughs> so few families like that, and then you know sure enough, a couple years later, my brother moved out here in North Carolina, and then he moved to you know before that. My brother was in Vegas, so it's like, and then my sister just moved out to Vegas, so like we're all split up, and and uh, I mean like unfortunately my my mom just passed away in August, so she had she was dealing with brain cancer for like three years, and I mean before she was diagnosed, like she I think she was kind of like oh grandkids, but once she was diagnosed, like that really took the whole everybody's focus, and I think my dad could care less about grandkids, like he just. At this point now, he's just, like, doing whatever he wants, and he wants to see, like, the national parks. Even even if my mom was still alive, I don't think my dad would care about kids. Like, he just – he's German. Like, he doesn't really <laughs> care about that stuff, so. Is that yeah. why you have good accents? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I just – I've always liked to do characters and funny voices. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of wigs. You do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I told you that the third part is a surprise. Uh-oh. Um. One of the is Channing Tatum here? I do you have him. I, Pony is going to start playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd be allowed to do that. Like, what if somebody just walked in? I Pony started it. playing. Yeah, and Chan- Channing Tatum started humping my leg. He'd be like, "Turn, turn around, kids." If it wasn't 2019, I'd set that up. For you. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure he has better things to do. Than- I would have made it happen. <laughs> uh. I would have, but. I don't know if I can do that right now. You know, it's okay. Yeah, we'll wait a few years till all this dies down, <laughs> and then I'll make it happen. We'll have you back on the we'll show. We'll be back here. <laughs> uh, but what I do is I have people give a motivational speech. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, and uh, I put on some music, and <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you give a motivational speech. Whoever you think needs to be motivated. Um, I know you hate middle schoolers, but act like you're... I don't hate them. I just don't want to be seen with them. <laughs> well, act like you're giving a motivational speech to them. You're going to go on stage, and then you're going to walk right off. Two. And no one's going to take any pictures. Okay. They're not going to see you with them at all. Okay, so this is to middle schoolers or to anybody? Uh, to anybody that needs a motivational speech. Okay. Okay. I can do it. Look, we're all here because we need a little pick-me-up, you know? Sometimes life gets you down, but you just, <laughs> this music is like, I feel like I'm going to hear this when I die. This is going to be my, like, maybe you're going to heaven, maybe you're not. Um, <laughs> it's a debate. <laughs> we have to review. <laughs> um, man, this is, you know, 
Stop caring so much about what other people think of you. And it's very easy to say, not easy to do it. You really have to listen to yourself uh, more than other people. And I'm somebody who tends to care a lot more what other people think of me. Even Especially the people I love, the people close to me. I'll sometimes put their opinions and their thoughts above my own. And you gotta just like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of racket. You just have to like, <laughs> this music is so distracting. You know, keep exercising, put good food in your body. You know, your body is your temple and it's going to be with you for a hundred years. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Do yoga. Even if you're a man, you know, and you don't get, oh, I don't do yoga. I'm a man. No, suck it up. Go to a yoga class, you know? Don't let yourself get creaky. Don't get dusty, you know? Buy your girlfriend flowers. Is it so hard, you know? At this point, I just want to meet a guy, and I'll say to him, look, I'll pay for them. I'll pay for the flowers. Can you just hand them to me somewhere in public? Buy your girlfriend flowers. Pay for dates. Um, If you've been with somebody for a lot of years, still take them out on dates. The music stopped. Does that mean my speech is too long? Oh, no, no, you keep okay. going. I didn't want to turn it back on because you said it was distracting. <laughs> oh, okay. You're but you were like on listening. a roll. Yeah. Um, what else can I motivate? I, I think everybody has a path, and I think when things are hard, they are hard for a reason, and they're, they're obstacles are – I honestly do believe it's like obstacles are put in our way to help you grow and learn, and uh, I think a lot of time, like whatever, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, like is testing you. Um, like I know for like with comedy, for example, I know that like every sort of rejection or thing that I really want that I don't get is like that's like kind of the universe's way of being like, oh, yeah, how bad do you want this? Do you want to keep going now? You know, like uh, I, don't know, I think listening to yourself is really important. Self-care. <laughs> I sound so white. I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, You're I would inspiring say, people right now. I would say, you know, don't forget to masturbate. Uh, you know, buy yourself a new dress every once in a while. Buy yourself some new shoes. Don't feel bad about it. You know, Marie Kondo, your closet. You know, you got to, like, ditch the stuff that doesn't spark joy. That's true for clothes. That's true for people. Just because people have been in your life for years doesn't mean they're good for you. You have to surround yourself with people who are going to lift you higher, not people who you feel drained after hanging out with, you know. And even if those people are your family, you still have to, like, acknowledge that, you know, because your energy and time is so precious. And, uh, you know, what else? Um, Talk talk to your friends. You know, don't eat too much candy. You know, don't uh, don't drink soda. That's not going to do you any good. You just ruined that uh, Pepsi sponsorship. Oh, sorry. I mean, if you do, just just at sports games or uh, you know special occasions. There you go. What else? Uh, try to have friends with different kinds of people. If you're a stand-up comedian, make sure all your friends are not stand-up comedians. You know, go to a zoo, <laughs> pet a dog. Um, I really, I think a lot of this is starting to sound like Jordan Peterson. I just like listen to his. Uh, I think it's called 16 Rules for Life or something like that. 12 Rules for Life. It's just like it's good life advice. 
I would re- just refer this motivational speech. I would refer <laughs> you to that book because that advice sounds like, oh, like uh, the awesome dad I never had. You know, it just it's like personal responsibility and uh, like sort of uh, the overall. I mean, he did have a, a rule that was like, you know, pet cats. And I was like, check, already <laughs> do it. Um, just overall, like how to make your life better and how to be happier. Isn't it crazy they don't teach that stuff? And no, it is crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. I started, I started learning at like 27. I was like, where was this? You know what I would have loved in college or even in high school? Like some kind of money management, some kind of let's talk about credit cards. Let's talk about how to not be in debt for like your whole 20s and 30s. Uh, that Some of that would have been really nice. You know, it's like, yeah, I learned how to sew. That's great. But, um, you know, I think I could have done without math, to be <laughs> honest. If I could go back, I'd say math, don't need it. That was the best class I took in college. Oh, uh, really? Money's management, yeah. And it oh. wasn't required. I just took it. And I was like, I'm, I'm learning smart. what a mortgage is? Like, Wow. Yeah. I, All yeah. these things that they don't explain. I took a lot of classes that were kind of a waste of time, but they build my character, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, one of the things I want to ask you really quick is uh, you said – heaven or hell like you're on a debate let's say you were sitting there like you're in purgatory you have to explain your way i thought you said you're in the port authority which is like a terrible (laughs) bus station in new york city and i was like that i was like port authority probably would be how purgatory feels because you're sitting there like man it smells like piss Woo! i don't know where i'm going am i going to new jersey am i going back to the city what's happening yeah what would you say to explain your way in like you gotta I'd be like, look, my dad threw a chair at me once. I had a rough go, I, you know, but I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to be the best me. I didn't mean to. I, it was a friendly railroad spike, but, you know, I did not mean to hurt anybody. I, I'm just a silly, silly, funny gal, and uh, I'm just here to make you laugh. I'm not here to, like, create a bunch of drama. There, you're going to make people laugh <laughs> okay. in heaven. Okay, That's, good. And we're going to let you in now. Okay, you're, you're good. In. Thank right. you. I didn't know that you you were (laughs) You're the bouncer from heaven. Yeah. I had to just be clear. Like, there was a lot of things on your resume what I had to ask about. Like, Uh, did you ask all the things that you were worried about? Um, yeah. Like, you roasted a lot of people. Like, I guess I did. I guess I did. Yeah. I I think I've lost track. It's been, it's been quite a few. Some of the people laughed, but they went home and cried. That, that. (laughs) (laughs) hey, I roasted some people who made fun of my mom's terminal cancer. So it's like, I have no remorse for. The things I said about those people. Um, Ooh, that didn't help. Oh, it did <laughs> not Noah, help. And the, the crowd, Mills, uh, woo, the crowd was not into it either okay. of those times. Okay. Uh, and I was like, mm, guess they didn't like it. <laughs> like, good luck coming back from that one. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we're at the end of the hour. What do you got going on? I know you got two shows coming up at the pit, but yeah, I'm your at, voice is better to announce it. Oh, uh, thanks. I uh, I'm at the pit in Chapel Hill on Monday, March 18th. There's two shows, eight and nine thirty. Go to the Pitts website to get your tickets. I'd love to see you there. I just ordered my first merch. I have merch now. I have shirts that, uh, well, I have like a men's shirt and I have a tote bag. Um, like it's a tote bag that says I come with baggage. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's really great. I don't know. Well, I'll probably have several versions of merch over the years, but it's fun. It's fun to like, I have magnets. I have things to sell, you know? Sometimes I wish I got married at 21. You know, like, me too. I sometimes think about that. That was going to be possibly my other regret that I was going to talk about. Because really? I, because I, yeah, I uh, like drive around North Carolina and I think about what my life would be like um, if I had like lived my life, life or like chosen my partners based on like 
who I could have a family with, you know, because I, I think like, wow, by now I have like a couple of kids and I have like a really solid like my own family and stuff. Like sometimes I do think like, oh, did I screw up there? Like, should I have been looking for boyfriends with those qualifications instead of just like whoever's a fun hang? Talk you know? about it real quick. I don't know. Yeah. I like, I think it's something like something I feel when I visit, uh, like my, my brother and his kids. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. He like, he figured it out. Like he met somebody that he knew he could start a family with. And like, sometimes I'm a little jealous of that because it's like, Oh, like I wonder like if I had kids, what would they look like? And I don't, not that it's too late for me to have them now. It's just that like, I, I, sometimes I think in a sense I wasted time when I think of just in terms of like starting a family but i don't know if i probably wouldn't have been able to be this far in comedy because like uh like basically i've spent so much time just like honing the craft and going on road gigs and doing improv classes and doing like open mics you know and like all the time you spend like getting to this level is like i think well what else could i have done with that time like i could have done so much traveling i could have you know yeah i could have had kids or something it's weird it's like you just start to like reflect it is weird because I've been envious of this dude. I used, we were cool. We were, we were friends and we're still cool. But uh, he he waited until he was married and he met. He's like, I'm a finder. And he like, I used to be like, dude, just like, why are you waiting? Like, sex is amazing. But like, he waited. They got married. They waited till they were both married. And like, sometimes I'm like, that is beautiful. Like, Aww. there is the beauty. Well, he was in, saved his virginity till marriage. Yeah, and they wow. both saved it, and they're still together. Oh my and they God. have kids. That's precious. And there's a part of me that's like. As much fun as I've had, there's a beauty in just waiting for that perfect person. And also beauty in the lack of STDs. I <laughs> mean, the the trips to the clinic that you save. The you know, stress. All those pills you didn't have to take, you know. Because that, <laughs> that is the scare. The scare is when you, when you have a pregnancy scare with someone when you know you would not want to have a child with them at all yeah you, just, you pray to god you're like god please don't let this girl be pregnant like because you know y'all would not i mean be there's good plenty together. of people who that happens to and they have to learn to be they have to co-parent you know it's just that it happens it's life yeah it yeah is. it is but it's a scary one yeah and sometimes i think like oh what if i had had a kid with somebody and now now it's like oh and i and i hate them and now it's like because th- that's stressful when yeah. that goes on but yeah i guess you know but i've like also like never had an abortion like i'm lucky enough to not have had to have made that choice because i think now i if i got pregnant like i i don't know i'd be like i feel like my best abortion years are behind me like i just <laughs> would, i just i don't think i could do it I'd, I'd be like i'm a grown woman with a job like i yeah there's no reason for me to not you know and that's one thing i can't either like i, I well i mean i don't have an option but i wouldn't want to because yeah. my, mom, my mom was really young and like walked out of walked walked out of one so I'm Aww. like, yeah. So I'm like, ah, I wouldn't yeah, be here. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, because I know that the kid would be super cute, super smart, super funny. Yeah. Uh, they, wow. I just this is a slam dunk of genetics here. Exactly. <laughs> I feel guilty. I'm like, my mom was uh, 16, and wow, and uh, dad was a drug dealer, and I was like, I don't have an excuse. The older I get, the more I wouldn't have an excuse to be. Right. Like, it's not gonna. Yeah, you do feel like at a certain age, you just like don't have an excuse. Exactly. You know? like, I could I could make it work. Yeah. Uh, wow, we got so real there. We did. We <laughs> sometimes we got to get real. Yeah. On the once called the Keeping It McReal show. Really? <laughs> it Thank was. God you changed the name. That's a terrible name. 
And that's what, see, you said you got to have people that keep it real with you. I told my friend that he's like, dude, that's a dumb name. And he would tell yeah. me every time I did the show. And eventually I was like, you're right. You don't want anything that's Mick anything unless you're McDonald's. Like they've done the, you know what I mean, as far as Mick things go. And then also, I mean, the Irish, that's a derogatory term for Irish people, which I don't, I'm not saying say that, but I don't know. You know what I mean? You don't want to be like, oh, this is a Mick Garden. <laughs> You know? well, I, just, I loved my last name because I go by my last name. Oh, right. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, no, you already threw it. I my... forgot your last name. I was like, oh, now I'm like, why would you have said that? But now it makes sense. But yeah. So <laughs> what, <laughs> what is the last thing you want to say to the listeners of the, the Little Mistakers? What do you oh, want to tell the hi, Little, little mistakers? mistakers? You know, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, just know as however bad your little mistakes are, just know that there's somebody out there with way bigger, worse mistakes. And uh, it could always be worse. And you always have to look on the bright side. You have to choose your thoughts like you choose your clothes or your friends or your food. You know what I mean? Like your thoughts become who you are. And if you're constantly telling yourself negative things, like you will end up uh, leading that life. You know, your fears become your reality. (laughs) (laughs) Your fears become your reality. Uh, Little mistakers. That was. Oh, also follow me (laughs) on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Chrissy Mayer, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-E-M-A-Y-R. There we go. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Little Mistakers, that was Chrissy <laughs> Mayer. Uh, you can catch her at the pit on Monday, March 19th. Or 18th. 18th. That's the 18th. 18th. It's the 18th. Uh, at 8 p.m. and 9.30. Get there early at 9. Get there early. Get there early. Have a drink with me. Are you a fun person to have a drink with? Uh, what do you think? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thanks again.